Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Paul, welcome back. This should be season two, episode four of Truth Revival. Man, we've been having some snow here lately. It's been getting a little crazy up here with this Tennessee weather, but it's been good, right? Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. Yesterday, when I went to basketball practice, it was 65 degrees. <laughs> Today, I about went into hypothermia. Uh-oh. On the lake. <laughs> It was it was cold, man. You was that on the lake? Well, I, I I was doing a job there on the lake, and that wind was coming in, and it was cutting me in two. And and I wear the my heated vest by Milwaukee. Ooh, Milwaukee, you need to give some sponsor money that for, my, nice? for my heated vest. Um, <laughs> and the battery died about an hour and a half in, oh. so I got really cold, you know. So, but other than that, it's it's uh it's been great. Other than our crazy weather, honestly. Well, we've been having some success here with these short burst episodes so we're going to try to give our listeners about 30 minutes if you're out there and you're like no roman we want some longer episodes be sure to let us know that truth revival 37385 on facebook obviously you can reach out to paul or myself we're not that hard to find on facebook and social media last week we was in second corinthians chapter number five today we're going to be in second corinthians chapter number 12 (laughs) And in this passage, we see something very interesting that happens here. The Apostle Paul, someone who was very accomplished in his education, his personal life, he gave all of that away to follow after Christ. Now, he was not initially well-liked. Are you aware of that, Paul? Yes, he was not. He was kind of ostracized from the rest of the early apostles. The The disciples of Christ were not ready to receive him because they thought that this might be some type of ploy. A hoax. And Ananias really put his neck on the line for Paul. Yeah, he did. Right? But to Paul's credit, And this is the thing that, uh, this is kind of like a little side note. If you're out there and you're wondering why you can't get your lucky break, I want to let you know something. Nothing's going to be handed to you in life on a silver platter. Okay, the Apostle Paul literally had to hit a restart, and he had to build himself right back up. Through hard work, through dedication, through devotion, he was able to earn the respect of his peers. Right, Paul? Amen. Yeah, you're right. So he devotes himself to sharing the gospel and his passion, his intelligence, his eloquence, it really shines through. And one would think that God would reward this man with showers of blessings, you know, uh, 
we've heard about the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. The name it, claim it, where, you know, God doesn't want you to be sick. In, in Psalms 41.5, it talks about him raising you from your sick bed, Rome. That if you give to the needy and to the poor, that he'll he'll raise you off your sick bed. I think it's Psalm 41.5. I heard you quote that, you know, last week. You've been dealing with some illness here lately. Yes, I have, yes. Um, let's see, Psalm 91. It says, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague Come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. So there's no doubt about it that God will protect Mm. his people, that there are blessings that come with following after the Lord. But the apostle Paul did not have an easy road, and he was not popular by any stretch of imagination. Again, we've tried to Americanize this gospel. And I want you to know something, guys. Following after Christ is not going to be easy. If anything, Jesus said that you'll have to endure suffering. Yeah. You'll have to endure hardship. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're when you're having to endure hardship, when you're having to endure suffering, now I want to caution you. You might want to evaluate your life because you may be under the chastising hand of God. Second Timothy two twelve, Rome. While you're while you're looking that up, says if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Ooh. And in Hebrews chapter number twelve, it says that chastening, if we endure chastening, that God is dealing with us as sons, for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth us. This is Hebrews chapter twelve, verse number six. And then it says, now no chastening for the present time seems joyous. It, it is not pleasant to be chastened under the Lord. And, and that word chastened, it um, leans towards spiritual correction, a spiritual whooping, so to speak. You ever had one of those, Paul? Oh, yeah, several. A spiritual whooping. <laughs> now, why would a father do that? Why would a father have to correct his son? Well, sure. it's because you love him, yeah. right? And, and you, you're, want, you're hoping to steer him and guide him in the, in the proper path. Okay, and I mean, Paul, you even, uh, we just got to experience this just a little while ago. Oh, Bubs. Yeah. Now, he can be a stinker sometimes, oh, right? Man, he's crazy. Yeah. And that that's every kid. <laughs> every kid just hardwired in their DNA to be rebellious. Yes. To be loud, to, to do things that, you know, as parents, we're like, don't do that. And so we have to correct them and it's guide them and chasten them. Yeah. It's that sin nature. And we don't do it because we hate them. No, we actually do it because we love them. And so you may be undergoing or you may be experiencing some things right now in your personal life, and it may be the chastening hand of God. I mean, God could chasten us because we're being disobedient, right? There are times that we're we're rebellious and and, and God is trying to... to, um, to break us, it's like a you know a horse that's strong willed. That that horse has to be broken before you know it'll be obedient. Uh, I think sometimes you know about how we we have to. I mean, a coach, any coach who has a very strong willed player, the coach has to get control of that player, yeah. all of his players, and you usually have to tear them down. This is. It, you know, psychology will tell us you usually have to tear them down to then build them back up. And so 
God may be doing something like that in our lives to, to help us to realize that our sufficiency is not in ourselves, but it's all in him. The great Tony Evans, he uh, preached a sermon one time and it has stuck with me. And he said that when we endure periods of suffering and hardship, that is God's invitation to draw us closer to him. Yep. That after the chastening, after the correction, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm. All right? I mean, it's like any ground. Before the ground can bear fruit, you know what has to be done? It has to be broken. That ground has got to be tilled and broken and worked. And that's when the seed is ready to be planted. But even the seed, the seed must first die before it can bring forth life. Have you ever realized that? Yeah. I mean, this is not just, you know, Roman talking. This is agricultural science right here, that the seed has got to die before it can bring forth life, that it has to be sowed into the ground. And that spiritually is us. We have been, you know, crucified with Christ, buried, you know, spiritually, and we've been resurrected anew. Hallelujah. And now we can begin bringing forth life. Well, Paul talks about here, you know, you you made reference to the horse. Until that horse is broken, he is of no use. He, is of no, he can't do anything you need. He can't, he can't pull the plow. He can't pull the wagon. You can't ride him. It's of no use until it's broken. And that's, and Paul's saying, Hey, look, I've been broken here because if I'm not, if I've not been broken, I'm going to be a little haughty because he was educated. Right. He was somebody and you know, and, and the Lord totally changed him and he's walking around and he, and he's praying for people. People are being healed. Things are happening, you know, and God's moving. Passing out demons. Yeah. And it's like, Hey man, I, I've got the power of the Holy spirit in the name of Jesus. Get behind me, you know? And, and if, if he don't have this, this suffering or this, this thorn, he's going to get haughty and he's going to get above his means and think that he's somebody and God's want to tell him saying, look, Paul, I'm somebody you're here for me. I'm going to subdue you so you can only give me glory and honor because I'm the one who's doing this. I'm the one who deserves it. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, all that stuff was just a little bit of a bonus, but I wanted to kind of lay the premise for the apostle Paul, because you would think if anybody had it good, if anybody was living the good life, if anybody was driving a, you know, I heard, you know, there's certain, uh, hotshot pastors nowadays that are driving Lamborghinis. Why in the world would pastor uh, any pastor want to drive a Lamborghini? I can understand, you know, a four by four Toyota, yeah. <laughs> but not a, uh, not a Lamborghini <laughs> or, or why, you know, I think sometimes we want to draw too much attention to ourselves. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of watching these uh, high profile pastors on, on YouTube or Facebook and they they're they're dressed nice or it looks like they just have the this grand um platform in their church and they're speaking and you just think oh man this guy's got it together he's got you know nice shoes on he's got on a nice shirt he's got on a nice outfit his hair's fixed you know he's clean shaven this guy knows what he's talking about we need to be careful because the bible says that there will be many ravenous wolves in the last days that there'll be many false prophets so again filter everything that you hear through the word of God. But the apostle Paul, if anybody, we, we again, through our, we, we think this way through our logic and reasoning, if anybody would have been blessed of the Lord, it would have been the guy who wrote two thirds of the new Testament. Very well accomplished, very well respected. As Paul already said earlier, 
cast out demons, experienced, you know, miraculous healings. God spoke mightily through this man. And in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, even in the first part of that chapter, it's almost like Paul alludes to himself being called up into the third heaven. Mm -hmm. Like he got a glimpse. Yeah. He got a taste of what it was like. And you know what he said? He said, there are things that I can't even lawfully utter. (laughs) I don't even know how to put them into words. If I told you what I saw, you'd think I was crazy. But you know what? Paul spent the rest of his life living for the Lord, was even willing to die for the cause of Christ, become a martyr. So whatever he saw, it compelled him Can you imagine? to share the gospel. Can you imagine? Okay, so so again, like I said, mm. he's if anybody would, again, we think this, I'm a follower of Christ. I shouldn't get sick. My kids shouldn't get sick. I shouldn't experience hardships. I shouldn't experience pains and turmoils. I need to be, I need to be wealthy. I need to, you know, no trouble, no heartache, no pain, no suffering. That is not biblical. And that is not sound doctrine. But it's the American gospel. I'd li- I mean, I would like that. Yeah. Right? I mean, no more. Hey, you accept <laughs> Jesus into your heart. No more trials, troubles, heartache, sufferings. I mean, yeah, who wouldn't? But I, that's not. I, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Ron. When I gave my life to Jesus, that's what I thought was going to happen. I mean, I thought things are going to be great. Now, I've been a mess. <laughs> Butterflies and rainbows. It's, it's all going to be great, <laughs> and then I quickly realized that it's not going to be so great, you know. And the Bible says in Hebrews, I think it's twelve one, to lay aside that sin that so easily besets us, and and. and when we lay, when we give our life to Jesus and and start laying those things aside, and He starts transforming us into His image, you know, we think, "Oh man, this is getting good. This is getting good. This is getting good." And the minute that you think you're somebody driving that Lamborghini, or or you're a hot rod preacher, people are calling you and you're speaking, and the Lord's anointed you and He's using you, all of a sudden you boom, something happens. He says, "Hey, honor me. Yeah, honor me. I'm gonna I'm gonna humble you a little bit. I'm gonna do something." That's going to hinder you to where you have to acknowledge me instead of saying, hey, okay, I'll be there to preach or okay, I'm going to go doing all these things. He's saying, hey, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and I will lift you up. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senor Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senor Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30, and Saturday night is live music. From 6.30 to 8.30, so take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. Another confirmation of that, Paul. 
2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. Mm. See, we've got to be careful not to allow ourselves to be puffed up and boastful. But our sufficiency is of God. Amen. The apostle Paul got to a point in his life where he realized, hey, when I wake up in the morning, everything that hath breath, let's praise Praise the Lord. If I'm living, if I'm breathing, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. What? (laughs) What? To die is gain? (laughs) Paul, it's, you know, it it bothers me sometimes whenever I hear Christian people say, I just don't know what I'm going to do whenever Mamma dies, whenever Papa dies, whenever my... you know, whenever my, and, and you've experienced this here lately, your, your father passing away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to make light of that because I know that I want to respect people's feelings. But again, reading the word of God in Thessalonians, it said that we have a hope. We're not to sorrow as the world sorrows. When a born again believer, when a child of God dies and goes home to be with the Lord, that is a systems upgrade that's yes. out of this world. I'm driving a, a 2008 Ford Escape, and if somebody came up to me tomorrow and said, "Roman, <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to retire that old car, and we're gonna give you a brand new 2022 <sighs> Ford Bronco," come on now, fully loaded, Woo. you know, and <laughs> then I'll be like, <laughs> "Me and that old 2008 have had a lot of memories. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't let it go." I don't, I'd say, okay, <laughs> I would let it go in a heartbeat and I would get that upgrade. Spiritually, that's what we're looking forward to in the presence of the Lord. Yes. I mean, I, we've, we've uh, yes. referenced this in, in, in the book of Revelation. There will be no more heartache or suffering or pain or death. Neither shall there be no more tears. Hallelujah. God is going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. There's, God is going to do something miraculous for his people. He's going to, like I said, we're going to get a glorified body. And, and what we're going to experience there, the apostle Paul got to see it. And he said, it's not even lawful to be put into words. So we think that because we claim to be sick, because we're born again, believers in Christ, that will never experience heartache. That is not true. And I want to, I want to share this. The apostle Paul, second Corinthians chapter number 12 he had a thorn in the flesh. There was an infirmity that ailed him. And he said, for though I would desire to glory or boast in myself, I shall not be a fool for I will say the truth. But now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seemeth me to be. You know, Paul, I've been preaching now for a long time. And the flesh wants my name to be on the marquee. I want people to hear about my name. Mm. I want people to give me credit. You know, we've been trying to grow this podcast and how cool would it be if people said truth revival, the number one podcast on Spotify and Apple platform. And people knew our name. The apostle Paul said, it is not about me. It is not about you. He said, I will not glory in myself because man tries to puff me up. Man tries to elevate me right here. Verse number seven, and lest I should be exalted above measure. Yeah. Get too big for my britches. Yeah. Think myself to be more than I should. 
through the abundance of the revelation. See, God had been revealing things to him. God had been showing him things. Yeah. God was speaking to him. It, it's evident that that God gives you exactly what you need. He knew that if he didn't do this to Paul, that he would puff up. But, you know, you look through these scriptures here, and in Numbers 33, 55, listen to what it says here. It says, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them who you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. So that tells me not only can it be a physical ailment, but it can a, a thorn in your flesh can also be a person or somebody the Lord allows to come into your into your life. Because Paul said, "Hey, a messenger of Satan is doing. You know, it's a messenger of Satan that's deterring me. Yeah. Whether it was physical, whether it was a person, or whatever. But if even if you look in Ezekiel chapter twenty eight. Um, and verse 29, you can have deliverance if you choose to. You know, if the Lord allows it for you to have that deliverance, listen to what it says. I think it's uh, 28, verse 24. It says, And the house of Israel, there shall be no more a briar to prick or a thorn to hurt them among all their neighbors who have treated them with contempt. And in Luke 13, 16, if you read that, it. It talks about how he can deliver us if he wants to. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said these things, all her adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. So here's the thing about it. Paul had this infirmity, and Paul had this thorn in his flesh that hindered him, that kept him subjected and humble before the Lord. But if the Lord sees fit to deliver you from these things, he plainly tells us in his word, if you'll keep my statutes and you'll do these things, he said, I will give you peace in your land. You look at the book of Judges. They would serve the Lord for 20 years, and then they'd rebel for 18. And he said, and he said every time they turned their back and, and they sinned against him, he took his hand off of them. But the minute that they subjected themselves to them. He gave them peace in their land. And when there's peace in your land, there's no thorn in your flesh. You know, James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yes. And, and Paul, I've wrestled with this. And a lot of theologians have even, this is the big debate. Why did Paul have to endure this thorn in the flesh? And what was it? If anybody served the Lord, if anybody loved God, if anybody knew how to cast out demons and and resist the devil, it would have been the apostle Paul. Mm. So why would God allow this to happen? Was it because he was being disobedient and God was chastening him? Was it because there was a lesson to be learned? I mean, he kind of says it right here. It's because God didn't want him to be puffed up above yes. what he where he was. And, and you said right there yourself, Paul, should the Lord choose? I know that God is able to deliver. Yes. I know that God is able to heal. That's not the question. But it's, and you see, that's the, that's where we've got to get to in our personal life. Amen. When there's a situation that happens, we yeah. know God is able to heal. Yep. And you know what? We're going to call for elders of the church and pray for healing and anoint them with oil because, I mean, that's what Scripture tells us to do. We're going to pray for deliverance. We're going to pray for that womb to be opened up for those that are barren. We're going to pray for healing that for those that are in the hospital. We're going to pray that God would direct our feet and, and, and guide our, our path. But there's just sometimes... That it's not in God's will. No, and that's where we can't get off course. And and and, we, and I I can say this because I personally 
deal with this a lot. If I if I feel a certain way or I don't see certain things happen, I kind of get a little negative. I get a little doubtful. And he says, what is faith? It's a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We've got to believe that, hey, if he wants to deliver me from this or heal me from this, he's going to. But if he's not, like Paul says, hey, listen, I've learned to to be content mm. later on somewhere else. He says, I've learned to be content, whether I'm abounding or I have little, if I'm healed, if I'm not, if he's going to take this thing three times, I went to him and said, Hey, can you take this away? Yes. And, it, and what did he say? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He just says, Hey, my gift that you don't deserve. It's good enough to keep you. You've got to trust me. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's the thing. We all must come to that place of realization. I want to encourage our listeners out there, read 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. This is a rich chapter on overcoming adversity, dealing with discouragement, the attacks of the enemy, when you're facing doubt because you feel like God should be moving a certain way. Listen, he's God. He's going to move however he wants to. Yeah. You just Amen. you just got to get on board with his program. Amen. And you must submit yourself and come to that place where you relinquish all charge. Because right here, the Apostle Paul says, "I like you said, I sought the Lord three times. When God answered, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is per- made perfect in weakness. Whew. So here's the, Paul's response. Mm. Most gladly... <laughs> You said sometimes you get discouraged. Yeah. Paul, there's times I get discouraged. Have you ever argued with God? Oh, yeah. My goodness, me and God have had so many arguments. He always wins. Yeah. But I've been like, God, it doesn't make sense, or God, I don't understand, or God, it just ain't fair. The Lord is working on me because I'm going to tell you, it's not always pleasant when things are not working out in my favor. Amen. When things are not going well for me. And I have struggles. Paul, you got you oh, have yeah. struggles too, right? Everybody listening to us. And that's, we're all going through these things, but our sufficiency is in the Lord. We have to come to that place where we say, most gladly. Therefore, will I glory in my infirmities? God, I will rejoice in my iniquity. I will rejoice in the hurt. I will rejoice in the pain. Most glad, God, I will receive it so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Look at That's okay. huge, Ron. It's massive. Go to the next one. Therefore, I take pleasure <laughs> in infirmities, in reproaches. My goodness. If you've ever read the Apostle Paul's rap sheet, all of the stuff that he had to endure. My goodness. Listen to what he says in Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Listen, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us for while we were still weak. While we were still weak, Paul says, hey, when I'm weak, I'm strong. For while I'm still weak, at the right time, Christ died for you. 
the ungodly. Wow. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us. And it says in Corinthians 13 that love never dies and love never fails. God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. I'm going to go on. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more that we were reconciled. Listen to this, Truth Revival audience. Shall we be saved by his life? Mm. Paul was saved by his life. He said, hey, God, take this from me three times. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. You are saved by my life. Go forth and preach the gospel. We want to leave you on that note of realizing that regardless of what you're going through, God is in charge. Trust in the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to give, to grant you discernment because the reason you may be experiencing such hardship, you may be living outside of the will of God. I don't know. You may be under chastisement or God may be molding you and making you as it says, he's the potter. And we're the clay. He's he's pruning us, Paul, mm, right? Yes. He's shaping us. Whew. He's making us into his masterpiece, as we've referenced mm. before. He's, he's shaping us. Close us out, old buddy. Roman, this has been so good. Thorn in the flesh. Thorn in the flesh. Listen, a thorn in the flesh is described as this, an annoyance or a trouble in one's life. And I want to leave you with this. As Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, save yourselves from this wicked generation. Fall on your face before a holy and righteous God. Ask him to keep you in the midst of the thorn to where your weakness is made perfect and he is strong, to where he abides in you and he dwells in you. And even though you can't see healing, even though you can't see deliverance, you say, hey, I'm going to go to the end with you. Because when this thing is over, I'm going to reign with you in my heavenly home and dwell with him forever, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was. Who is and is to come. I've enjoyed this too, Paul. So be sure to like and subscribe. Share this episode. We want to thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Truth Revival 37. 385 on Facebook. We want to say God bless you. Have a good night.